Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. The book of Luke chapter 15, verses 25 through 32. I want you to follow. I'm going to read to you out of the New King James Version Bible. It's a few scriptures, but I believe this serves as our foundation for where we're going here this morning. Luke 15, starting at verse 25. Now his older son was in the field. As he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. Verse 28, but he was angry. It would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, Knows the attitude when he says this. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost, and is found. Based on what I've just uh, read to you, I want to talk to you from this topic, the dangers of leaning to our own understanding, part two. The dangers of leaning to our own understanding, part two. In last week's message, the danger of leaning on our own understanding, we define dangers as being likely to cause harm, injury, or problems, likely to cause adverse consequences. We tend to place ourselves in dangerous situations when we make a decision to rely on or find safety and security in our personal insight rather than God's written and revealed word. Of course, I would encourage you to go back and read Luke 15, 11 through 24 and listen to the podcast or the YouTube channel in order to grab a hold of what the Spirit of God was saying last week. Four takeaways I want to give to you. and uh, You probably got more than what I got, but let me give you four takeaways I want to share with you again this morning. God's understanding is infinite, and our understanding is finite. So when I say God's understanding is infinite, it's limitless, it's unlimited, it's impossible to measure or calculate. And our understanding is finite, it has limits or bounds, it's subject to the laws of nature, and uh, it has an end, it's definitely not unlimited. Psalm advises us in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not. In other words, don't rely, don't find support, and don't trust in your own understanding, your discernment, your comprehension, and your insight. 
It is imperative that we strive to find security and support in our infinite God who is omniscient, according to John 16 and 13. Of course, we're that reads, however, he with the spirit of truth has come. He will lead and guide us into all truth. And of course, we know the omniscient God is the all-knowing God, knows everything and has infinite knowledge. Another point we made was that entitlement can cause us not to take advantage of spiritual as well as natural opportunities. Excuse me. The young son did not take advantage or he did not put himself in a favor or superior position because he didn't take advantage of his father's wisdom that was available to him. Now, when we look at the youngest son and the, and the father's relationship, the youngest son uh, could have been deemed as one who felt entitled, and it took him to a dark and a dangerous place, and it wasted his resources on prodigal living. Things got so bad that he said he could have got full off the paws that the swine ate, but no one gave him anything. But the power of repent of repent of heart brought deliverance, it brought protection, and it brought prosperity and reconciliation back to the Father. And the same thing happens for us when we repent of our sins. We operate in deliverance, protection, prosperity, and we'll be reconciled back to Jesus. Repentance still has the power today and still has has the power to bring us closer to a God who desires a deeper relationship with us. Now, when we look at today's text, we're going to see that there is family dynamic, the family dynamics of the older brother's relationship to his father and his younger brother. What I mean by dynamics is the pattern of interaction among relatives, their roles and responsibilities, and the various factors that shape their, those roles. If we were to think about it, our spiritual and natural families, many of us have certain family dynamics that we share within our family that may be different from the family that is next to us or close to us. Family dynamics can be seen in many ways, such as a natural family dynamic. You know how a parent and a children interact between one another. There are some strict parents, and then there's not so strict parents. They are forever trying. There's some people that want to be their child's friend rather than being their parent. And there's some parents that they're going to be their child's friend. They're going to be the parent regardless of what goes on. And then you have our church family dynamics. They love God and they, and you can tell based on how they praise Him during worship time. The ministers and leaders are good people, but sometimes they have their own way of doing things that may be different from the way that it is done in the house. They're, they're nice church family, but sometimes it's not easy for us to fit in with some of them. Dynamics, church dynamics as well as Family dynamics. We have to pay attention to these dynamics and interaction because they can make or break our spiritual and natural family relationships. Actually, you know, actuality dynamics can make or break a marriage relationship, a parent relationship, a sibling relationship, work relationship, a business partnership, and such like. Dynamics. Healthy spiritual and natural relationships can bring about peace, prosperity, and productivity. Unhealthy spiritual and naturally family dynamics can cause bitterness, resentment, jealousy, anger, hatred, strife, and so forth. Now, let's look at Luke 15 and 25. 
Luke 15 and 25. Now his oldest son was in the field and he came and drew near to the house. He heard music and he heard, excuse me, he heard music and dancing. So notice this. He heard, he comprehended, he understood, he, he understood what the music was. He heard the music and he heard it as he was coming toward the house. I think about this. Sometimes when you hear music, you hear music to the point that you know it's a, sometimes it's a celebration of some type or another. If, for example, if I hear somebody singing happy birthday, I may not know whose birthday it is, but I'm sure it's somebody's birthday. If you hear graduation music, you hear the music. You may not know who's graduating, but you hear graduation music. These are the different type music you had. The, the son, the older son, he heard music. He knew something was going on, but yet he didn't know why it was going on. What was the reason for the, uh, uh, the music and the dancing? What's the cause? What's the explanation? And what's the basis for the music and the dancing? And one of the things that he, I'm sure he had to ask himself, because it's going to come up here in just a moment, is why are they celebrating? Who are they celebrating? Because, and, and this is what you got to understand, sometimes we have no problem as long as there people are celebrating people we agree with. I'm going to let that sink in for a moment. See, I, you have, some people have no problem celebrating folks that they like. No problem if you're going on, you got a coworker and you like that coworker and they having a birthday celebration for them and you hear music going, I ain't got no problem celebrating that music with you because I like this coworker. But let it be a coworker that has just challenged you in the last week or two and they celebrating them. You might be like the older brother. You might say, Hey, I ain't going up in there. Because the way they talked to me last time, I'm not going. Listen, they got free cake, and I'm still not going up in there. They got free chips and, and salsa and soda because I how I feel about them, I'm not going up in that celebration. Because they heard the music. You knew it was a celebration. But the question comes up, what's the reason for the celebration? And, 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 and. Let me give a little more personal with you just for a moment. And don't say nothing. I'm just going to ask a question. Just a real personal question. Have you ever got an invitation? One, don't answer. An invitation one time and you saw who it was and in your mind, I ain't going to celebration. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing because I don't want to give yourself away. You saw who it was and you're like, I ain't going up in there because. Let's, let's go a little further. Luke 15, 26. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. What? Why did this exist? Why did this happen? And you know what? Sometimes uh, we want to know something. We ask those closest to the situation. We do it in the church as well as outside the church. I hear a party going on up and down. Who are they in there celebrating? Is it that supervisor I don't like? Is it my coworker who I think is doing a wonderful job? We have our mindset. We have a way of thinking about this thing. The younger, older brother. Hey, this must be a celebration with somebody because I know in his mind because they ain't seen his brother in years. One of the last person they thought he thought about was his brother. 
Brother was gone, spending his money on prodigal living. I know he ain't back. So they must be celebrating somebody that I like. Somebody that I don't, I agree with, with the celebration. I said, I'm going to ask the servant who they celebrate. Because I know the servant because he's in close proximity of what's going on. And see, healthy dynamics, amen, will take us to the source. We don't mind uh, questioning and asking questions when we got a healthy relationship. And he had a healthy relationship with, his, with the servant evidence. So now we're looking here in Luke 15 and 27. And he said to him, your brother has come because he has received him safe and sound. Your father has killed the fatted calf. And he said to him, your brother, hallelujah, whoo, and has come, and because he, he has received him safe and sound, in good health, and to be well with, your father has killed the fatted calf. Now, sometimes, and what I found out, it, when you look at this situation, that we sometimes we have triggers that will set off something in our lives. I truly believe it was, it wasn't the fact because they were having the celebration, but because they said them two words right there. Your brother. Your brother. Your brother. Oh, Lord. Your brother. My brother. The one that took the money and went and spent it on prodigal living. Oh, my goodness. And you got to be careful with triggers in your life. Certain things can be said. Certain names can be called out, and if you ain't careful, they would trigger some emotions inside of you. If I was to say certain things in this congregation right now, and certain certain names, some of you will be triggered in a certain way. I could call certain presidents out, and you may trigger you in a certain way. I could trigger, I could call maybe your enemy's name out from back then, and it could trigger you in a certain. I could call an old boyfriend's name out and it could trigger you in a certain way. I could call out a family member who don't like you and you don't like them or you shouldn't be should like them, but it could trigger you in a certain way. And you got to be careful about triggers because some people can say something to you and they know what they be saying to you, but they try to get a reaction out of you. They try to get something out of you. And let me say this to you. You should not let anybody control you like that. You should not let anybody cause you to get angry because of something that they're doing. Mm, I know it got quiet right there, but I know y'all thinking real hard right about now. Because you got to think about the triggers in our lives that cause us that when people say certain names that we react in a way that's ungodly. We act in a way sometimes, listen, they can call certain people that did us wrong in the past. And if we're not careful, it'll trigger something in us. It'll cause a reaction to take place. Oh, they didn't trick me right. They didn't do this right. They didn't do this the way I thought it should. They didn't say this and they didn't do this. Oh, it could be, it could be somebody in your life. You gotta be careful because he said, yo, brother. We're going to see his reaction here in a few minutes. Now, let me say this to you. He received him safe this sound. This is the thing, you know, we don't really know how long the younger brother was gone. It, it could have been months. It could have been years. We don't know. The thing we know, he returned safe and sound. Now, this is enough to celebrate. When your 
brother, your brother in Christ returns back, we should be rejoicing. We should be happy to see somebody reconcile back to Jesus. We should be happy about that. We should be excited about that. We see, listen, this person has chose the way of righteousness once again. They're no longer lost, but they are found. We should be happy about that. We should be happy. It's sad when we as a church, when we see certain people come through the doors, we wonder more about what they've done more than rejoicing in the fact that they're back. Mm-mm. We should be happy when a sister or brother returns back to God. Because that could have been us who was lost in trespasses and sins. I want somebody to celebrate me when I get back. I don't want nobody to say, hey, what did you do while you was out there living that prodigal living? We want to be in a situation where we're celebrating those that have made it back safe and sound. It would appear that the older brother should be rejoicing that his younger brother was in good health and doing well. But family dynamics can cause us to respond to things differently. Unfortunately, we don't know uh, what is in us until the right situation is brought out of us. The right name is said. The right situation is brought. Oh, you remember four years ago when this happened to you? Certain things that can happen that takes money out of your pocket can cause you to get better in certain situations. Sometimes people don't pay you back and you know they got the money. It can cause you to get better if you're not careful. Frustrated and be in a position, even though God may tell you to help them again, you say, God, I ain't helping that person no more. Because the way they did me last. it It takes something. It takes something to be a child of God. Listen, it's more than just praising God and worshiping. You got to live this life once you leave this church right here. You got to live it just like the Bible tells us to live according to the scriptures. We got to be in a position that we're rejoicing with those that make their way back. Of course, we, uh, excuse me, we can have things right in our heart. Excuse me, we can have things in our heart about people that is not revealed until the right situation comes up. Can you imagine that bro- he came back? He thought that he, uh, he saw, he heard all the singing or the, excuse me, the dancing and the music. And then all of a sudden he heard your brother. Your brother. They celebrate my brother. You talking about that brother that took all his money and spent it on prodigal living. That brother? Now, we can celebrate a servant. We can celebrate my father. We can celebrate anybody I agree with, but not the one that I don't agree with. Mm. See, this is a check our heart right here. This is a check our heart. Because you got to understand something. If the father wants to celebrate any one of his children, we should be in agreement with the father. We should agree what the father wants, who he wants to celebrate. But if you're not careful, jealousy, envy, strife, resentment, bitterness, and such like can come up in your life. And when you open up your mouth, it's going to reveal what is in your heart. Go to Luke 6.45. Luke 6.45. 
A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So notice a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance, abundance, that which fills the heart, that which is left over or remains in the heart, his mouth speaks. And you notice what happened. Go back over to Luke 15, 28. We're going to see what's in his heart. Luke 15, 28. But he was angry. And would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. Notice the older brother's mindset in Luke 15, 28. Notice how he's leaning on his own understanding. This is how I think it should be done. And if it's not, something's wrong with the situation. I am angry. I'm leaning on my own understanding of how this should go. Notice what he says here. But he was Angry, a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility, and would not even go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. And you know that people saw that he was angry because he's standing outside. I ain't going in there. Yeah, I know they celebrate my younger brother. I know they celebrate my kinfolk, but I'm not going in that place. Isn't that something? He was angry to the point he would not even go in. And it, it came to the point, you know, sometimes, and this is what you got to watch. Sometimes it's not the fact that he didn't go in. He just stood outside and was angry. He stood outside in an angry state. How do you know? Because his father came out and met him. Now, if he just came there and left, that might be different. But now he was outside angry. So, you know, the servants saw him. The servant saw him and his father came out and pleaded with him. So you got to be careful. See, when he heard it was a brother, it triggered something in him that had not manifested, but in my opinion, was laying dormant for a number of years or a time period, I say. It was laying dormant. You got to be careful about stuff you let dormant inside of you. And you let dormant inside because something could trigger it off at the wrong time. And see, I believe that this is my opinion now, that his brother was, his anger was laying dormant toward his younger brother. And then when the situation came up, he was sitting there outside angry and wouldn't even go in. In my opinion, he was pouting a little bit. You ever seen somebody pout before because they couldn't get their way? Mm -mm. Excuse me, y'all never seen no adults pout because they could not get their way. I ain't talking about children. I'm talking about grown folks over the age of 18 and above pound because they can't get their way. He would not, could not get his way. See, in my, in my estimation, I don't think he had a problem with the celebration. It was who the celebration was for. And let me say this to you. Not everybody going to be happy to celebrate you. You got to be careful and don't you lose no sleep because people don't want to celebrate you. If they don't want to celebrate you, you and Jesus can can celebrate all the good things he's doing for you. Hallelujah. Now, let me give you a few more points here. It's difficult to plead or to appease to an angry person. 
When a person has allowed their understanding to become toxic, they tend to have strong feelings of resentment when certain things happen around them that may not necessarily, they may not necessarily agree with as going the way they think it should. Anger is an emotion that is a force to reckon with regardless if it's a family member, a friend, or even a stranger. It can take a person to a dark and a dangerous place. Anger can even cause people who have feelings like this to want to hurt or harm someone. They can be very unpleasant because of something they deem is unfair or unkind for what has happened. This older brother who we think, who we think being older would be more spiritual and Excuse me, spiritual as well as naturally mature, but in my opinion, the anger has started before the older brother got back. But the party for the younger brother took him over the edge. It was the trigger that caused the anger to manifest itself. We must be careful in letting stuff fester until it takes us over the edge. If you got some issues going on, you need to get help with it. Let me say that to you again. If you got some issues that you got going on, you need to get with God and follow his lead to get help with it. This anger could have been fessing up the whole time, but he was, but, but as long as the brother was gone, he'd have to deal with it. We do not know, but I believe that he got upset before this took place. The danger of leaning on your own understanding when it comes to this type of situation. I think it's safe to say that we who are spiritual mature can see the value of having someone lost to be found or someone who is spiritually dead to be alive. We recall, how, how did the Father express it? Go to Luke 15, 24. Luke 15, 24. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be married. This son was lost. He was perished. He was ruined. He was destroyed, and he is found. He's returned to a place of understanding. He's getting knowledge, and he's getting understanding. That's a great place to be in as a child of God. Inward anger and resentment would turn a soul away from God rather than bringing them to God. It can take us to a dangerous and dark place that can cause us and others to perish and hinder them and us from coming into the knowledge of the truth, which makes us free, according to John 8 and 32. Let's flip over to John 8 and 32. And the Bible reads as follows. And ye should know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Notice this, and the truth shall make you, deliver you, set at liberty. The process of being free from the dominion of sin is going to cause you to be free when you deal in godly truth. And what I mean by godly truth, godly truth helps you to obey God. Godly truth helps you to obey God. I believe that the truth of my anger will make us free as well. It will cause us to deal with any type of anger issues that we may be dealing with. Instead of us trying to justify or excuse it, we'll find a way to get rid of the anger that may try to come into our lives. Clearly, this older brother appears to need more truth. At times, we need more truth as well. And sometimes we may think that people are not going through something because of their status, but the older brother 
had leaned on his own understanding of what's going through. One of the things that I thought was kind of interesting, the older brother was going through something too. He had some issues going on. Now, you would think of because of his status and because of where he was at and the job that he had and the position that he had with his father's business that he would be all right. That he he had servants working for him. He was working for his father. He was doing things. But the older brother had a few issues going on. You can't look at people's status and say they don't have something going on. You can't say because they got a bunch of money, they ain't got issues going on. You can't say because they don't have a lot of money, they don't have issues going on. Whatever it is, this older brother has some things going on in his life. He has some issues going on. And you can't say, hey, this older brother, he got a good job. He worked for his father. He's one of the top people in the, in the, in the corporation, the job, the business, and so forth. He ain't got no issues going on. Evidently, that's not the case. That was definitely not the case. Now, anger can cause you to miss the blessings right in front of you. This brother was blessed because he was really in a good position, but yet he was feeling some type of way toward his older brother. You can miss out on what God has blessed you with. Anger can cause you to miss out on a good wife. Anger can, call, anger can cause you to miss out on a good husband. Anger can cause you to miss out on a good promotion. Anger can cause you to miss out on a sick, good single life. Anger can cause you to miss out on things that God is blessing you with, you with on a day-by-day basis. Anger can cause you to miss out on stuff. This brother was in a good position, but yet he was missing out on he can celebrate the fact that he could have had a party on his own on his daddy's property and invited his friends over. And you know what it came? You know what it came? Because they know good food over there. Look how y'all looking at me. There's some places we go to because I know they got some good food over there. Like when some people invite me over, I say, ooh, when you going to invite me over again, Miss Missy? Because I'm ready because I know you can cook real good. I'm sorry, did I throw a name out there? Well, you know I meant to, but anyway. <laughs> Are y'all following me? But sometimes you can be angry and you will miss out on a good meal because you're so angry. Mad, missing out on the, on the celebration that's going on on the inside because he got some issues going on. Not out there, but in here. Missing out on a good meal, missing out on a good celebration, missing out on some dancing because of what the issues he got going on. Now, I'm going to, let's go a little further here. <laughs> Notice how the brother begins to relive and rehearse the past in Luke 15 and 29. Luke 15, 29. Let me go back over there. And let me say this to you. This older brother is not the only one to bring up people past neither. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Woo. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I've been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. I've been serving you. I've been doing your service. I've been obeying you. I've been subject to you. And I never transgressed. Now, let me say this to you. When I read that, I had to think for a moment. He, he a better man than I am. Cause of that many years, I probably would have said no or got upset or did something that many years. Okay. But that, he, all right. He, he, all right. All right. I, listen, I ain't mad with him. He did what he did. 
This brother expressing his feelings to his father and slightly attempts to correct his father. Children we, ne- children, we need to be aware in how we interact with our spiritual as well as our natural father or our parents. We really need to pause and check our mindset to see if we are at a good place mentally. There are two things that we see here that the father, that he told his father that he did for many years. I've been serving you. I've been subject to you. I've been obeying you. I've also never transgressed, never, never neglected, never omitted your commandment, your order, your charge. Notice this at any time. Notice how he slightly rebukes his father in the latter part of Luke 15, 29. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make marry with my friends. You never bestowed or granted me a young goat that I might marry with my friends. See, anger will cause you to make extreme words like at any time or never. Cause to seem like there are no exceptions to what you're going through. He told his dad, I've been here this whole time obeying him. It's up to you doing what you say. Yet you ain't never gave me a young goat that I can hang out with my friends. Sound like he might have been stuck a little bit. We really have to make sure that, that in our service to God and his church, is deemed as an opportunity more than an obligation. It's an opportunity to worship our God. It's an opportunity to serve our God. It's an opportunity to be the best health person I can be. It's an opportunity to be the best uh, music person I can be. It's an opportunity to be the best person I can be when I come into the house of God. It is an opportunity, not an obligation. You just look at obligation, you're just going to go through the motions after a while. But when you think this is an opportunity, I'm in the house of God. I've got just a little while to worship my father in spirit and in truth. I got to worship him. I got to take advantage of the hand claps. I got to take advantage of the hallelujah. I got to take advantage of the victory turn. I got to take advantage of this because I'm in the house of God. Got to take advantage of it. It's, it's not an obligation. It's an opportunity. We start looking at what other people are doing and judging their actions, whether they're perfecting and enjoying our area of ministry. If you ain't careful, you'll start looking at what other people are not doing or doing instead of looking at the Savior. Looking at the Savior. Listen, if you spend more time looking around at folks, are they clapping their hands? Are they singing? Are they doing this? Are they doing that? Instead of, listen, Going up to the father, say, Father, I thank you I'm in your house. I thank you baby, through another week. I thank you you delivered me. I thank you protected me. I thank you you put food on my clothes, food on my table, clothes on my back, a roof over my head. I thank you. Let me say this to you. Many times when I come into the house, I may glance around at y'all, but y'all are not on my mind for the next few minutes. I got to worship Jesus. I got to give him glory. I got to magnify him. God been good to me all week long. And then some. You looking around to my Lord, look at him. He ain't even clapping his hand. Why he ain't clapping his hand for? Why he up there looking at so and so and so and so? You spending too much time looking at the wrong thing. You got to spend more time looking at Jesus, especially when you're in his house. Especially when you're in his house. I believe that God wants us to love him because of who he is and the wonderful opportunity to serve his church. Now, let's go to Luke 15 and 30. 15 and 30. Like this scripture here, boy. 
But as soon, notice, notice the, the, uh, the older brother's response. But as soon as this son of yours, notice his attitude when he says it. Not my brother, this son of yours. Almost like he a different family member, ain't he? This son of yours. Now, I go lie to you. Sometimes I look at my wife and I say, you know, that daughter of yours. <laughs> and sometimes she look at me. You know that son of yours right there, right? <laughs> All right. So, you know, hey, it is what it is. But the brother, he was angry to the point that he had this attitude about, you know, no, this son of yours. Notice this. And something that I thought was interesting. Even though they didn't follow him, they knew what he did with the money. Y'all saw that, right? They, they knew, he knew what would happen to the money. This son of yours, watch this, <laughs> who has devoured, consumed it, ruined, and actually destroyed your livelihood. Not my livelihood, but your livelihood, your wealth, your resource, your goods with harlots. How did he know he was spending his money on harlots? I, I, I get out of that. Y'all think about it for a moment, all right? Now you kill the fatted calf for him. This man has took your money, spent it on harlots, and now you take you going you wanna get a fatted calf and celebrate him? Well, you know folks will bring up your past, won't they? He ain't the only one. We know folks right now, and if we ain't careful, we'll bring up folks' past instead of looking at their future. Because when God forgive you, he forgive you. But let me say, you see, when God forgive you, don't mean, mean man or forgot about what you've done either. Okay, y'all, let me get out of there. Might, that might be a sermon for a different day. And, but he knows what he says here. Look at the mature and loving father. Parents, this is a positive parenting tip for us. He just begins to love on, but notice here. Now, instead of him rebuking his um, older brother, which that probably been some of us, and th- we can learn from this. I-, I can learn from this as a parent. I really can. Because I probably wouldn't went off on that boy. I ain't going to lie to you. I-, I thought about this for a moment. Me and him would have been fighting or, or, you know, I- we'd have a few words. I can't believe you talk about talking to me like that. But notice what he said. He took the thing and he said in 31, and he said to him, son, you are always with me. He makes a powerful statement and he says this, and all that I have is yours. Oh, y'all know this man was not broke. This man had actually given a portion, they portion to them, and he still had servants. That means the servants still had some work to do, and the father came from the field that the father still owned. Y'all know this man had was loaded. Long story kind of short. Loaded, rich, wealthy, however you want to put it. And he says, all that I have is yours. Everything, each individual type is yours. But he could not receive all until he learned a valuable lesson. And this is what we got to learn. This is a lesson for all of us in this sanctuary to learn. Because before he received all, he had to learn a lesson. And before we learn all, we got to learn a lesson too. Because one thing about it, you can't put old new wine in old wine skin. In other words, you got to learn what the, what the, what the father was teaching the son. So in turn, we can get all. 
The thing that I was thinking about, and I'm going to talk about it in just a moment. The thing that I'm thinking about here is before he could receive all, he had to learn what the father did. And before he could be in that position, he had to change his way of understanding. He couldn't have that old way of understanding concerning his brother, concerning the servants, concerning the situation, if he's going to receive all. He had to learn something that was going to be beneficial. So in turn, when he got all, he could be in the right mindset. And I truly believe that many of us, when we learn how to trust the Lord wholeheartedly, he can trust us with all. He can trust us with all. But he can't trust you when you're leaning on your own understanding. I can't trust you because you'll start treating people like you think they ought to be treated. You'll start, listen, when they come back, you'll be judgmental and bring it up they past instead of looking at what God's future in their life. They'll be trying to come back looking for the Father's arm, love, compassion, and mercy, and you'll be throwing dirt at them, throwing rocks at them about what they did and what they came from. But the father said, listen, son, you got to learn this lesson and get all. I believe this is the lesson he wants. One of, one of the many lessons he wants us to learn from this. L- let me go back and let's read a little further. Let's read a little further. Luke 15, 32. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother. For your brother was dead. One definition of dead that's very powerful to me. He was not God conscious. He was not God conscious. Your brother was not God conscious. Not only was not God conscious, he had no force or power. He was inoperative. That and he is alive now. What do you mean by alive? He is God conscious. He's God conscious. He's another definition here. He is recovered. He is renewed. He has regained strength. He is God conscious. And notice he's God conscious again and was lost, rendered useless, perished, destroyed, and is found. What do you mean by found? He's, he's found the thing they would search for. He has discovered. He is understood. One of the things I had to see, look in this text when I saw this was this. He had, the older brother had to mature to the point he understood like the father. He had to understand like the father. He had to get understanding. And see, notice this. The father didn't say, you're going to get this one day. I'm going to teach you, son, how this should be done. Listen, your brother was lost. Your brother was not God conscious. But now he's God conscious. And see, when he becomes God conscious, I'm going to love on him. I'm going to show him mercy. And I'm going to show him compassion. I believe Galatians talks about, in the book of uh, Galatians, talks about restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, because you could be you could be jacked up one day too. You let me tell you something. One thing I learned when walking this Christian wall: who are we to point fingers at anybody? And folks like to point fingers when they're doing good, but when they get jacked up, they like, well, you know what? Yo, God have mercy on me. No, 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 no. That same God have mercy on me, on me, on you. When you were jacked up, can have mercy on me when I'm jacked up. 
Notice his brother. The brother had to learn this. The older brother had to learn this lesson. Because the brother had issues too. But the father loved him back home. The father not only loved the younger brother, but he loved the older brother too back. Boy, I love the father. Boy, that father's something else, man. But you know what? You can't lean on your own understanding when you look at something like this. Because if not, you get caught up with the world. The world throw folks down in a heartbeat. You know that younger brother, he prodigal living, as soon as he couldn't buy nobody anything, y'all know that they left him. He don't get nothing. But the brother came, the, the younger brother came to himself, came on back. The father loved on him, mercy and compassion. Well, the older brother, he was jacked up too. Had anger issues going on. He came back home. Well, excuse me, came to the father. Notice the father was the one who reconciled him back. Reconciled him back, and now he said, I'm teaching you a lesson, son. There, I'm teaching you a lesson. Now, I gotta give me about a few minutes. I'm trying to finish in about five minutes. Hold on. There's some things we're going to have to, to love out of people, both in the church and out of the church. You're going to be able to listen, you're going to be able to criticize and, and talk negative and nasty and everything else. Think people, some people ain't going to get it right. Some people grown. Thank you. I didn't get no way, man. The best okay though. There's some people that are grown. You talk to them some kind of way, they're going to bring it back to you. So you got to make sure you got to love, do it the way God tells you to do it. Through loving kindness have I won them or drawn them. Now, he also tells in 1 Peter 4 and 8, and above all, I'm going to read the scripture, 1 Peter 4 and 8. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover or hide a multitude of sins. Love will deal with matters, but it will also hide things while we're being restored. Well, you know what? I'm sure the servant saw the anger and others saw the anger of the older son. But the father, when he came out, he pleaded with him. He said, why are you so angry? He didn't make no big scene. Notice what he did. He helped the younger, the older brother get to the proper place he needed to be in. Love endures when we get exhausted. And that's so true. Love endures when we get exhausted. Love heals when we get hurt. And I truly believe the more God conscious we are, God conscious, aware of God, the mental process of God, the way he thinks, talks, and that, his attitude, his belief, and his philosophy, we are, we are better. We can think, talk, and act more like the Father did with his Son and how our Heavenly Father thinks, talks, and acts toward us. Now, I think that's important. I want to go with one more scripture to give you just a really a picture of what the Holy Spirit, I believe, it really wants. You know, why he shared this with us. Go to Luke 15 and 10. Luke 15 and 10. We see the story of the prodigal son or the lost son, and we see the story of the older brother. Both of them had a relationship with the father. But why is this story, or why did Jesus tell this story? Luke Luke 15, verse 10. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. One sinner. One sinner that repents. We've got to be soul conscious too as well. 
The Bible says, notice this. Notice how he puts this in Luke 15 and 10. I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner. One sinner. One who practices wrong. Whether they're in the house or outside the house. Whether they're the younger brother or they're the older brother. Over one sinner who repents, who changes their mind, their attitude, their actions, their mind concerning sin, to change one's mind for the better. Over one sinner that repents. We got to be so conscious, y'all, because God loves his people. Notice, he gave us this, this fantastic story. Events that took place, and it's all based on a soul that repents, that gives their life to Jesus. And we need to be in a position that we are repenting and celebrating the fact that one soul repents. One soul gives their life to Jesus. Who is God? Who has God put upon your heart to minister to? So in turn, you can share the good news of Jesus. So that one soul can repent. Yeah, I can wait for him to come through the door. But it's got to be somebody out there that I'm sharing Jesus with. Whether they are part of the ministry or associate with the ministry. Some people not even here today. They're like the older brother in the house. But they're not a part of the celebration. Part of the family, but not a part of the celebration. Over one soul that repents. One soul. One soul. One soul. When we're God conscious. But we are God conscious. We're also conscious of that one soul. That one soul that repents. Not 15, not 20. One soul. Who is that one soul in your life that you minister to? So in turn, they can repent and we can celebrate. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.